0: X3, this just in, the voice of Johnny Papes, bravely and proudly returns to the Small Beans Network as part of a start plate bumper designed to get your money. If you head to Patreon.com/smallbeans and give us upwards of five dollar y dues a month. You will get twice as many bold, brazen podcasts, including Star Trek The Next Futurama, One-Upsmanship, Spiel Boys, help me, Patreon.com slash small beads. He li- I live in his pocket, he doesn't feed me, please help.
1: to talk first you or me michael
0: i guess you because that was it we're rolling we're live dude we're on okay and it's a live show so there's an audience surprise there's not is just at your house yeah i just <laughs> sent them over to abe's place okay people are filing in <laughs> yeah uh, well, what, so, what tier yeah, is
2: that what tier is randomly send people <laughs> to abe's house <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's
2: uh,
0: dude,
1: it's hard to make money in this economy, man. It's the
0: tier where I have incriminating photos of you and I call you at 3 (laughs) a.m. and I say, Hey, hey, asshole, I got a funny idea. Wake up.
1: (laughs) That no, that was my grandmother's very baked potato, which is Mm, a segue to say that he's in my house and someone no, else he's, no. yeah. uh, he's coming at me uh he's very baked i, I, I am ave epperson and i'm here with my cohort yeah
0: the yeah cohort i think implies multiple so that's true let's just dispense mm. with the usual hiding yeah. things behind curtains i'm michael Swain guest you already talked i Go did yeah. hi yeah. this
2: is tom ryman uh So, yeah, I guess two of us is technically a cohort. Mm -hmm. That's
0: true. Through the
1: Patreon, you can go to this uh, place called uh, Pick the Flick Tier. And just for some scratch, you two can choose the movie we cover uh, with some exceptions. Like, we're not going to watch, like, your porno, you freaks. Um, But Mm -hmm. Very Baked Potato is the one to thank for this episode. He
0: requested Thomas. And the movie is 2007 Sunshine kind cool. of stumbled through the beginning of that. I feel like the audience is throwing you. But, you know, dude, just imagine them naked, which I paid them to be, so they yeah, better now be. Now I'm insecure because
1: I thought I did really well, and you're telling me that was hot dog crap. I
0: remember Improv Anywhere? Basically, uh-huh. they're all old people now, and I told them to hereditary you. That's what's going on. Oh, that's, that's what why they're expect. banging their head <laughs> yeah, against the right. ceiling. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. Uh, I had a feeling I was cute. being hereditary. <laughs> are you like, Man, I, feel,
2: I feel like some <laughs> septuagenarian ghoul is standing just in the shadows, kind of smiling at me,
0: right? are ah, yeah, there he is. Yep, I
1: knew it. Yep. There he is. Ah, There's that dick. Get out.
0: Uh, okay, this time I'll drag us back on track. Um for very baked potatoes sake, if no one else is. Tom, would you yeah. mind kicking the conversation off by telling the listeners? had you seen sunshine before? Do you like sunshine? Don't like sunshine has gamefully covered sunshine. Like what's your relationship to this film?
2: Yes. I like it. No, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I saw, I've only seen sunshine once before and I saw it in 2007 when it came out. Uh, So it had been a long ass time. uh, But like, like most Alex Garland movies, this is written by Alex Garland, directed by Danny Boyle. So already got some talent behind the camera uh but Mm -hmm. uh like all of alex garland's movies or shows that i've seen like it really sticks in my head so like Mm -hmm. i was surprised watching this gosh 16 years later how much of it i still remembered um i really like this movie uh i think it's a great sci-fi thriller i like how efficient the script is i love the characterization um Mm -hmm. i it's a theme that I think is really interesting. I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's like it's like the identical theme to Annihilation just about one of Alex Garland's other movies. True. Um it's it's just a it and it was so cool. It was like so unlike anything else that came out that year in my memory, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um it was just a really any un- it was like a Danny Boyle. It was in the middle of his like like like, I had sort of always regarded him as, like, awards guy or, like, I don't know, prestige drama. But then he starts doing these genre films, like, 28 Days Later and Sunshine. I was like, oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, I, I was really into this movie. Um, uh, we've never covered it on, on Gameplay. I don't believe. Um, okay. But uh yeah, I have lots of hot takes about it, but I don't want to awesome. put those oh, in right yeah. now, but yeah. It's
0: yeah, 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 we'll get there very soon though. So clearly, Literally uh, in 2007, takes, it's the sun, yeah, guys. that's true. <laughs> ah, clearly in 2007, someone didn't see No Sunshine for Old Men where Anton Sugar becomes a crazy sun demon and kills everyone. Uh, um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that woo, happened. I also want to mention up top, because I mainly like to talk about the story itself, and it sounds like that's going to be the vibe, um, the cast is stacked. I, I had seen shit. this before, but I completely forgot that it's got Cliff Curtis, Killian Murphy, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Rose Byrne, Benedict Wong, Chris Evans, Mark Strong, as aforementioned Sun Demon, mm-hmm. Uh insane. And larger cast than I remembered. Like it feels yeah. so bodily, the, and, and, and I guess uh, it becomes very bodily because most of them die. There's nine people. Yeah, and there's a lot. Of, like
1: seven of them, you are yeah. like household names at this
0: point. There's a lot of bodies for, to kill. No, yeah, to, yeah, it's it's well stocked.
2: Really, the old, uh, and the captain is um, oh gosh, he played Scorpion in the most recent Mortal Kombat. Um, oh, I feel embarrassed. A Sonata. Yes. Uh, yes.
1: Uh, Hiroyuki Yuki Sonata. 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 Yeah. Sonata, yeah. And he was also in Bullet Train. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I was just like,
2: out of the main cast, it's just the one guy that plays Harvey is probably the guy that nobody knows.
0: (laughs) Apologies to Troy Garrity.
1: I'm I'm sure that if you
0: look like, he's still a
1: guy that when I look at him, I'm like, you've been in stuff. I'm sure he's been in a billion.
2: But it is, it is like, yeah, I remembered this cast being good. Like, I remembered Cliff Curtis. Um, Killian Murphy and uh, uh Chris Evans, Chris Evans, uh, but and, Byrne, and Michelle Yeoh. Michelle but Yeoh. I didn't remember yeah. Michelle Yeoh. I didn't remember Scorpion. I didn't remember Benedict Wong.
1: Scorpion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all. Over. And Mark Strong is frankly barely in the picture. Well, because you can't he can't only appear. Yeah. He barely. Because he can it, they, barely. They, see they have him. a shooting strategy where they're like, "Let's never show the creature." He does have um, that
0: one monologue in the video diary. Right, but that's it's true. so. But so it. even not. that's, that's his close goal. up on that's his... His big scene.
2: You can only really see his eyes. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Pinbacker, yeah, yeah, yeah. pinbacker,
0: pinbacker, pinbacker. He lives inside a fortress. Hey. Reference hey. for San Diego fans of pinback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Abe, you haven't check. given your spiel yet, and then let's do hot takes because that's basically yeah, this what it's is the for, least
1: right? hot take that you uh, really could have. Yeah.
0: Um. It, because it's the
1: one that like you search this. This is what film critics criticism. Think. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. yeah. And um, you watch this. It's all over Reddit. Uh, every Reddit post is this. Basically. Uh, angry at the movie for having their act three what it was, which I think will probably unpack a little bit because there's some truth to it and there's also some like ah f- fuck off, uh because the big thing is that the first two acts it's very clear that like it's a, it's like a science fiction movie, it's not a horror slasher or anything like that. It's just two acts where the villain quote-unquote is the sun everything that all the problems that come up you know like uh, the reflections of the dish aren't quite adequate or mathematically correct, so it burns a hole through their ship. They lose oxygen. You know, it's just madness. And it's really well done, and everyone really likes that part. And then some people are bothered, and I have to say that in 2007, I was also bothered, um, but I've kind of maybe a little bit more terms with it, or I see what they're doing, which is Act 3 is definitely feels out of place because... It turns into a, ultimately like a slasher horror movie where Mark Strong, the captain of the previous uh, failed mission of the Icarus, this is the Icarus 2, he was the Icarus 1, has been like s- living on that ship for seven months gets on the Icarus 2 and just starts off in heads because he is, uh, you know, like a, a <laughs> yeah. zealot for the sun. Why he would you it's fucking God. call
0: it Icarus? After Icarus famously <laughs> yeah. failed, but not even that, the first one also failed. The first one and also like, failed. Let's yeah. name the second one in honor Let's of the first one in Titanic, honor of that dude Titanic 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Titan Icarus. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, first, that first two thirds kind of feels like Apollo 13 or Gravity. It's like shit is just going wrong, and it's awesome. And it's yeah, awesome because the way it's,
1: that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the kind of, um, you know, film school kind of criticism. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's wrong. It's just one of the types of criticism that you see a lot where it's like, what if it different movie? Yeah. Right. And, and what if it wasn't in my the age, movie I, that it was? Yeah. Right. And in my age, I'm like, you know what? That's. It's, they did what they want and I started to read a little bit more about what Alex Garland wanted to do with the script what Danny Boyle wanted to do with the script and I think ultimately like I think I see that I see what they're approaching is pretty sound he wanted to do like a love crafting thing where the larger theme at play is that the unknown
0: drives you mad you can't look at and- God in the eye yeah, yeah. right and there's so- a repeated and-
2: motif of eyes and the only People who are safe are looking at the sun through some sort of barrier. <laughs> yeah, some Trump can of... do
0: it. Trump's good. Trump uh, can do I, it. I, but yeah, I, I noticed it big time this time, which I didn't. As a young man, and I really like it, which is there's constant imagery comparing the sun to an eye, like it, which is so easy. Something goes in front of the sun, and right when it hits the center, you're like, "That's an eye, that's spe- an eyeball." Oh yeah, and specifically,
2: it's it's the eye of God or the eye of yeah. creation. It's looking
0: at you, bud, and like, you yeah. can't withstand it. And that is a, a great metaphor. It's God a, yeah. looks at you, and it obliterates you.
2: Yeah, it's a perfect metaphor for like i mentioned earlier i guess i just i'll get this out real quick um please and i guess maybe abe can tell me how close i was to their intent but like it feels like this movie i mentioned annihilation earlier because i sort of interpreted annihilation about being about the sort of duality or or unity or the kind of ouroboros that is creation and destruction like they kind of lead into mm. each other one begets the next and that's kind mm. of very much what this movie's about right like the sun is this huge, powerful, destructive force. Like literally, it obliterates them the closer they get to it. They miss they change their trajectory by a single degree and it kills them all. Uh the very the very first scene we see th- scene we see is Cliff Curtis sitting down watching the sun to the observation room at two percent. Mm-hmm. He's like, Can we turn it up to four? And the computer's like, Absolutely not. We can turn it up to three.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So it's like this it the sun is this huge hugely destructive force but it's also the source of all life in our known universe so it's they're using the idea of the sun as the the duality of creation and destruction because it's constantly doing both things right like that's how the sun is is powered right
0: Right. it's like by
2: atoms colliding it's it's fission or explosion or fusion i'm not a scientist i believe
0: i believe it's birth and death Simultaneously, though, for sure, exactly, yeah. so what and a it's handy like a, symbol, a yeah.
2: perfect metaphor for God. And there's a repeated motif about like the beauty of destruction. Like they listen to, I think it's Pinbacker's first transmission, where he's talking about like a bunch of tiny yeah. particles of space debris happen to hit them, but because in space that is terrifying because those particles are going millions right. of miles an hour, it just tore right. their uh, part of their ship apart. But he's like, I was looking at it and it was beautiful, and mm-hmm. like. The doctor's obsessed with looking at the sun and like when the captain's getting roasted he's just screaming at the captain what do you see what are you seeing
1: i love that scene
2: yeah that and scene F- kappa's final pivotal. moment of
0: life of course is behind him is the technology bomb thing that's uh, you know core but for the sun and it's beautiful and in front of him is the sun and it's beautiful and yeah it mm-hmm. presumably burns up but like he has this mm-hmm. moment of being one with God, and I gotta say, and it kind of reminded me of Men, where yeah, uh, Garland is smart and cerebral, and he likes to go ape shit at the end. Um, yes, and yeah, I agreed very does. wholeheartedly with Abe in two thousand seven, and I'm glad to hear Abe say what he said, and we're same brain. I'm more on board with it now. It didn't bug me yeah. as much, and maybe that's because I've gone through Doctor Strange and No Way Home, and like we're so bullshit now about breaking conventions <laughs> yeah. i don't care as much or like you know cloverfield lane happened it's it nice softens when they the do brain um yeah. and i my big thing about that all i wanted to say on that point really is that it feels to me like the actual feeling of deficiency in the third act in my humble opinion is not because it's untenable but because The nature of the tension shifts to being about, like you said, monster slasher thriller. And I just actually think that Danny Boyle's not as good as that. Or I don't like the choice, the systemic choice he applied to those scenes, specifically because... Uh, if you choice. know Danny Boyle, yeah, he's directed a shit ton of music videos. And I would say whenever the sun demon attacks, it kind of feels more like a music video where they're just throwing imagery at you, yeah. and like doing twisty shit. And they have they, an explanation they for they that. They eschew but yeah. geography. And that's my mm. only big thing to like add to the conversation is um, just like born supremacy or what have you. I think that's why the action in the third act doesn't feel tense. You don't understand that's, the geography. Shit is just happening.
2: That's my biggest... My big, well, I have two big gripes about the film. My biggest gripe is the final scene within the actual payload. The geography is immediately confusing. Uh, like, I have no idea. Like,
1: yeah, gravity's fucked. They like an Escher painting.
2: Right. And I assumed, like, this time, like, it's very, very subtle. And I think you're right, Michael, about ha- now that we've had, like, two, a decade and a half of, like, Doctor Strange and multiverses and shit, we're much more, like, our brains are much more able to just, to just see something, and be like, oh, this is, like, some universe breaking shit. Got it. Because it's in the movie, but it's very subtle. They mention that the closer you get to the sun, space and time distort. And they only really mention it twice. So like, if you've forgotten Mm. all that over the course of the movie by the third act, it's like like remembering it this time, it sort of made it make a little more sense. Although I still argue that the geography of that final scene is very frustrating. Um, it's
0: very frustrating yeah. compared but I, to devs I, that chamber at the end yeah yeah
2: i get it this time like it's much better done in devs like devs it's always clear but like i i i, I guess i understand the thematic reason for doing it it just made the actual action of what's happening in in the final scene uh, confusing yeah
1: it's all <clears throat> that's old school, man. That is old school sci-fi. If if we're going to talk about influences and stuff, the reason I think Danny Boyle is doing this weird like obscuring with light, cutting quickly, abstraction, no geography, because that's that's how 2001 did it baby and that's like that's the main read that's how you make a sci-fi movie and that's how people made sci-fi movies after and like uh, well, there's, what was that's how silent you make, running that's and how you stuff make like a that.
0: serious artistic award worthy sci-fi I feel it's like how you, yeah. there's one other model which is Flash Gordon to Star Wars and so on
1: true true I f- but I mean I'm just talking about when we're getting into the, like the psychological terror yeah, of yeah. sci-fi the Solaris is, out is another it's one terrible. Terrifying. Yeah, um, yeah. You you show the kind of abstraction, I l- and it's not everyone's cup of tea. I I honestly am with you guys. It's I think it's a tactic that is one of the failures of the movie. Uh, I do think that there's they had an impossible tactic, and I think they did nail some of the stuff, which is something that Danny Boyle said which he said, uh, he was speaking about light as the enemy. He's like, quote, there's quite a challenge because the way you generate fear in cinema is darkness. And he literally was uh, seeking a movie where light is the thing to fear. And I think there's shots of Killian Murphy, you know, like looking upon the, you know, looking at as the wave of photons and fucking radiation are coming at him. and he And he's about to die kind of thing that really does show how
0: darkness feels safe in this movie oh
1: yeah and light feels uh, tumultuous and violent that's also uh, what rob it's...
0: zombie said about devil's rejects by the way and it does scan when you watch it does it. Scan. If you yeah. make, i
2: think he accomplishes part of the same task just by making the light blinding right it's the effect is the same right. you can't see the danger
1: but it's when you when you activate or deploy it mm-hmm. and i think that that is he does it in a perfect amount, except for when we're dealing I, with this monster like you guys. Well,
2: need. I see. I like the abstraction on the monster, on Mark mm-hmm. Strong. Like, I like that they distort a light around him by making it look like, like waves of heat coming off hot asphalt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that I understand. Like, I understand. And plus, he's been dancing near the space-time continuum for the past seven years. So, like, I... I understand and appreciate the abstraction when it's applied to a character. I actually think that's what it's most effective. It's like when you apply the abstraction to the environment, it gets tricky for me, especially when, especially because they, he, to, unless I was particularly dense during this viewing, I don't think he does it any other time. Like it's pretty literal up until that point.
1: I mean, there's flash. there's flashes kind of going yeah. mad, but he's the only one who truly is abstracted uh, or in, like character or like thing right
0: although cliff curtis's obsession immediately tips you as you're like that's odd for a scientist right. yeah yeah, he yeah. Is he's getting sunburn yeah yeah
2: they'd sort of use him to tip you off immediately that oh people are gonna go crackers on this
0: dude yeah. i i mean i i know this wouldn't be good but i almost wish when i went into this movie the first the first time someone tapped me on the shoulder and said like it's hp lovecraft in space um because yeah. the cosmic horror element and maybe that's a failing. I don't know. Didn't fully come across to me, even though mm. I now you're like, obviously, I see it. They're in space and they go crazy. But I just didn't see the tie to cosmic horror, which is funny because it's literally cosmic. Yeah. Um, mm. And I wish I did. That makes me like it better.
2: I yeah. I think I reject that, too. Or I res- rather, I don't reject it. I just I don't. Mean, there's no
0: unthinkable monster. Other than yeah, it does sun, But it doesn't feel like a weird thing
2: Outs- <laughs> yeah, outside of the general like the unknowable nature of god and the fact that destruction and creation is the same terrifying unknowable force it's just to what end is it being utilized Exactly. Like, th- this became more of uh, more of like an internal thriller to me like the last act really works for me because it sort of shifts your understanding of what was happening in the first two acts like in the first two acts you're looking at this noble mission to save humanity right and it's mm-hmm. like it's a series of tough calls that they have to make and they just de- they deploy their cold logic to make these decisions i and, fucking love that so and much. it's yeah it's really good and then you have chris evans in there as somebody else who's also using cold logic but he's like
1: i love the line at one point he goes what are you trying to do remind us of our lost humanity yeah such a dick thing to but,
0: say but, but so but it's, on but it's- i'm the one apologizing all right okay yeah. was that the apology okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah okay accepted but it's, it's true in that <laughs> yeah. scene though
2: it's like what's the fucking point like if you're if trying to make remind me of our humanity we have like 45 he- minutes to save all of the world let's someone's just do gonna the are all like, suicidal uh, yeah. back on track let's
0: just do the thing right and they're like oh yeah right thank you for reminding me right it's like so, your
2: opinion this isn't a democracy yeah so he's he's a little bit more impassioned but he still he feels like uh, sometimes i guess it, it, it even stronger force. like when the others are like oh that's too cruel he's like no we have to do that because we have to stick to the mission anyway the point is that the first two acts of the movie are all about this We have to stick to the mission. It's the most important thing in the history of of humankind. But then it gets to act three and we get this pinbacker character in here and we start to get more internal and it gets more claustrophobic as the cast is whittled down and they're making these like they sit down to decide whether or not they're going to murder their crewmates. They can accomplish their mission. And with the repeated motifs of eyes and God and creation, it starts to be like, to me anyway, a movie about wanting to be God because you have the two different sides of of that argument or that coin, I guess, between Pinbacker mm-hmm. and the mission. And the Icarus mission, like Kappa and everybody else, they want to be God by creating, right? They want to be the saviors of humanity. Whereas Pinbacker has this whole line where like, no, it, God has deemed it our time to die i want to be the last man alive so that i can have that intimate moment with god before i die like i want to be the one that brings humanity to heaven and serve
0: god if that's what god wants he says yeah. this in like different words if that's yeah. what god wants that's what should happen obviously yeah so
2: he wants to be god by destruction so like to me right. act three is about again it's, it's, it's just further reflecting that idea of creation destruction being the same force and then nature of god and everything but it's just like they one side wants to be God by creating, the other one wants to be God by destroying, and they kind of do both because they do destroy themselves. Duality. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they and, but they succeed. But they succeed. Yeah, the and reigniting
2: the sun, this powerful That's destructive force that will continue to
0: yeah royal. And of course, kind of we constantly it. navigate, uh, or at least Western Christian culture navigates uh, between scary God. Or loving God. Right. Is God scary? Is God loving? So that's all woven in there, obviously, in a way I like. Uh,
1: I think you kind of convinced me. I was going to. I don't think the movie's precisely about that. Like, I, I think that if you based just looking at quotes from Boyle and Garland and stuff like that, they definitely are talking about that kind of stuff. But I think that the clear thing they want to kind of diagnose with the movie mm-hmm. is how humanity not necessarily our ability to touch god but how huma- humanity in our cre- in our own creation reacts to the unknown and they kind of show three very practi- or three very real events one is you approach it with calculation and like scientifically in an order. In other words, the logical mm-hmm. you approach it with awe and serenity and like seeing it for its beauty or the emotional, or you approach it with faith and purpose and kind of zealotry, the spiritual, and you get characters that kind of fall into these buckets. And it's interesting how I think that they do have kind of a form of justice that comes along with it, which someone could argue is the movie's, God you know the 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 thing that says you get this, you get this, you get this because of these acts that you did because of what you believe or whatnot um but it being a garland joint uh he likes to be kind of fussy when it comes down to you know, this is a hard and fast rule of life. He likes it messy. He wants you to like engage with what is there? What is this character's like attempted purpose? Is it right or wrong? Guess what? It's both baby. Um, and I think that that is a really kind of cool approach to how do you find kind of like you have a lot of morally uncomplicated characters in this. It's a cool way to throw out your characters like Chris Evans, who's kind of like the head, like the the king morally uncomplicated. He's just like, fuck you motherfuckers. We need to save our planet. Uh, And everyone else is like, well, can we do that? At one point, Cassie slash, you know, Rose Byrne is like, uh, I I'm you're telling, you're asking me for my vote. I'm telling you, I can't give it to you because I'm not going to kill my friend, even if he wants to die. And we need somebody to die. I'm not going to make that decision. And so he's the guy who's kind of determined that he's, no, things are not complicated. We need to do one thing, one function, and that's it. And in this case, he's probably right, and I love that, and I feel like a lot of um, yeah, like, movies don't uh, represent that. There's
0: literally nothing that could be more important than completing this mission. May I offer a counterargument? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. And
1: that's the thing. And like Garland, as he uh, is wont to do, is going to say, you think you're morally uncomplicated, you're kind of the cause of all of this. And then you're going to blame other people for being the cause of this. Everyone's kind of uh, a victim and uh, you know, the, the assaulty in this case, just like the Uh, sun. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, even the most morally uncomplicated character that I can think of that you're like, yep, he's awesome. He's going to find flaws and make him die kind of a pathetic death. And it's kind of cool. So I don't know. That's my read on like the, the whole like what they're trying to do reactions to the unknown is really what i gathered this v- Give, view through
0: given that read what do you th- or do either of you think that there's a reason that kappa why is kappa the the one who wins or you know does because the he's best. he's final girl
2: he's uh he's literally oppenheimer he's the he's the creator of the ball well, he is now <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, so yeah. funny, actually. Yeah. Because um, yeah.
2: uh, so he um, and he, he, he become death,
1: Michael.
2: <laughs> he
0: is oh, the yeah. best of us. He and become death moment. and death and become life. And of course, that's why it's a bomb. Yeah. Right. Cause the whole gives so life.
1: My reaction to that is that Kappa, as it's said several times, he's a higher priority to keep alive because his job is at the final act of yeah, the mission. Yeah, he's got to make the bomb. Right? So um, with humanity, it's not just. You can't just determine importance by putting everyone on a grid and saying, this is the most important person. You're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're you know a technician, whatever. It's in the moment that also has resonance. So there's special moments in life where... The technician or the barber is the most important thing in the world, and in this case, it's a bomb, so he's the one who gets to last, live the longest.
0: Does that imply uh, he's the most morally pure, do you think? No, I think it's okay.
1: literally just— I It's think functional. That's, he's the last it's piece functional. of the puzzle. I, yeah. I think it's a Danny Boyle-Alex Garland joint, and I think that they're They're pretty they're nihilistic. Or like, yeah, uh, they
0: like stuff to just happen.
1: Like an optimistic nihilism.
0: Right, uh, spe- hey, I wanted to ask, and there was a tiny moment of silence, so it's a good time. Uh, yeah. This feels like an elevated version of Life. Did y'all like Life? <laughs> Life, I, I think it's. A, I just want to say to people, out there, like, if you liked the feeling of this movie, I I also recommend Life. Tom, Life is the one
1: it? where, if I'm correct, unless there's another movie uh-huh. called Life where they're there like is a alien. Is it the a- one with um? The alien comes aboard and just starts fucking up everything. Yeah,
0: they they find they discover yeah. alien life for the first like it's black time, goo. and it's just a little paramecium piece of bullshit. And they're so Venom, excited Venom, Venom. <laughs> in a very realistic way, like this. But slowly but surely, it grows and grows and grows until like this. It's like a totally reality-breaking monster, whereas the first half of the movie, you thought it was going to be pretty grounded. And it's very exciting and, and more well-made than it needed to be. Some very mm-hmm. harrowing moments. Yes, there is also another movie called Life, though, about- uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. That's right. Uh, being mm-hmm. wrongly imprisoned for life in the South in like, the 40s. Also a good movie. I there's think there's also another quite good. one,
1: but it's as a house. So, Well, that's the best
0: of all. <laughs> life <laughs> as we know the only one. Um, the only
1: one that features Aiden Christensen jerking off while dating. choking himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> life it's the only one house.
2: that features him falling off of a house. <laughs>
0: True.
2: Um, I, haven't, yeah. I was going to say, I haven't seen Life, uh, but the movie is, story-wise, almost beat for beat Event Horizon.
0: Yeah, that's uh, this that's movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was like, "Are we still off track where I dragged us?" Or yes. No. 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 I also, no. Yeah. No. I agree <laughs> completely. Up. Sunshine
1: that's is inherent. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: because it's the it's a light hole you, instead
0: of a black hole.
1: Yeah. That's it. Well, it's <laughs> it's a light hole. It's uh. Well, I mean, it's the idea of walking up to the precipice. It's it's uh the fucking inferno, dude. It's just like uh, crossing the barrier into the den of souls, you know, mm-hmm. the way in which we can perceive ourselves in a new light uh, and see ourselves in a more pure or more creationist kind of perspective. Um, it's it's wild. I think that's. Uh, I think Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Paul Anderson, Paul W. S. Anderson, W. S. <laughs> to get that W. S. That's there. a heavy hitter, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a heavy hitter. No, but I I mean, it's
2: not just the idea of it. It's like the beats of the story. It's the ship gets out there. It's a ship that's Mm -hmm. been deserted for seven years. They are forced to get on board the other ship because their ship gets disabled. There is a crazy person on board who has disfigured his own body, who is running around murdering people. The ending is the person has to detach the ship and fly the other half of the ship into the big dangerous thing and blow himself up.
1: Hell yeah! Also, our
0: same shit name. Yeah, but that describes both to a T. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, d- uh, I don't know what that means. It just struck me when I was watching nothing. this it's, movie. I mean, so if you look at like the design of the movie, and you and like you read uh, what they were saying that they were using. Das boot for like the uh, for the claustrophobia. It's totally related
0: to submarine movies, right? As oh, yeah. many space uh, oh, movies. Yeah, Solaris,
1: Solaris, because space as a kind of Lovecraftian like
0: liminal fish, space. Yeah,
1: yeah, liminal space. Two thousand one, just in general design and the thing I mentioned earlier, Alien. How they kind of crew community rooms, discussions of the mission, re- very reminiscent of how Alien did, how Alien got us familiar with a big group of people and how they're both alike and also dissimilar. Event Horizon, they mention, because of all the things you mentioned. Oh, uh, so they're aware. All right. That actually... it yeah. makes me
0: ding it a notch because it is ding very it very close
1: it's very close yeah uh john carpenter's dark star for obvi- like ah, i think yeah. obvious reasons of like pro again pr- approaching the precipice and uh, uh douglas uh, trommel's silent running which kind of is in the same category and also has a lot of design like that movie really did make us go oh what if space was like i don't know just like kind of look like some 70s shit you know like it's mm. everything's kind of just like oh you got what gears you, got a, space. you need a wrench yeah. to do the space shit uh and i love that shit and so that's the kind of design of the movie as according to the creators and i think those are i think they did a great job kind of pulling from all those buckets boyle's very
0: good at that i think yeah I don't have a response um, to that, so I'm going to launch this in another direction. I really please. liked the line and thought. Darkness is like that space is an absence, and therefore like dying in space is different than dying in the sun, in the sense that, quote, darkness is separate because it's an absence, but light is something. It envelops you and becomes you. Uh, I really like... Just that concept, and then compare that to the Earth Room, which is this not holodeck, because they're not that ambitious, and and that's good, because that would be too much for this film. Uh, it's like a little projector booth that can project just a very a somewhat convincing like simulacrum of a nice Earth space around you, presumably so they don't go insane on the ship, right? And that's also light enveloping you but it doesn't kill you, but one guy commits suicide in there, so it does. So just like Annihilation, where the more you dig in, the more you find that, I think, a typical of Garland, and Boyle seems to have supported him in this endeavor, uh, they are like Arrested Development, or like, he loves, if there's a motif, it's in there like 56 times. It's like yeah. get out level mm-hmm. encoding. And uh, and they do a good job of it. So I just, it is cool to rewatch. I like movies you can rewatch and notice more where you're like, oh yeah, that's also enveloping light. <laughs> you know? Right.
1: And you see, if you see their previous two, before this, they had two collaborations, which is in 2000, The Beach. And in 2002, 28 Days Later, both written by Alex Garland, directed by Danny Boyle. I think you get that from those movies as well. Um, Garland gets up to some pretty, like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, Machiavellian tricks with his characters. You know, he wants you to either really hate them or really root for them. And he, like, is just cackling in the background, like, ah, ha, ha, it's not going to go the way you want it Mm -hmm. to go. Um, And that's, I think, kind of speaks to kind of what you're saying, too, about, like, themically. They really do... um, approach it that way they want you they have an agenda and it's it's almost always like a very dense one but and one that um really really Makes for a like a somber result. Mm-hmm. Um, no one gets out happy or gets out, no. you
0: know, especially not Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a little much for her to die in a pose holding a plant, but um, I do love her B arc and again the death life combo of yeah, not just her thing burns, so life is death, mm-hmm. but also she's the one who suggests, Well, why don't we just. <laughs> why don't we just execute three of the crew? Cause then there would yeah. be enough oxygen for us to get there, which is, uh, it's in line with the kinds of no nonsense decisions they make. But I would say of all of them, it's the least flexible. She very quickly goes to like, we could just kill three of us and it's clearly to protect the plants. So like, she's a nurturer of life, but she also brings death. Uh, you can only, uh, you can only sustain life yes. through death like mm-hmm. right you can't i don't know i almost wish like there were lingering zoom ins on the manure in the, you know that feeds the plants cuz that's also death from life
1: i think mm-hmm. it's also they're doing like a goldilocks thing life is so unique and precious because you need to be like the perfect things need to align it needs to be the right resources during the right time at the right distance and that's the kind of calculation calculus that like three out of seven people need to die because there's not enough oxygen for everyone to breathe for this amount of time. Um, I love that. You just don't see movies about people who like, know they're going to die. You know, I always think that movies give you hope because we don't like the nihilism involved, but many stories, great stories had key players who kind of um like had an experience like that. How many, uh like uh like extraordinary events uh, uh you know happened and were involved with people who knew they were gonna die. It's really crazy. Cool. Or at least and most
0: likely gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean uh Jen's watching the days right now about the Fukushima disaster and of course it compares to Chernobyl. Um, yeah, I think of situations like that where you have a bunch of scientists who know they're going to die and they slowly, they just do the calculus. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's not perfectly that there are cracks, right? One guy, the captain is not, he can't really hold his shit together. So they're not all that cooled and calculated. And uh, Benedict Wong, like is like very upset with him for obvious reasons. But I mean, like they do have emotions. They just constantly are forced to reel it back in. We got to save reel humanity. It reel it back in. Mm-hmm. Stuff right. it down. Like you'll be dead so soon that your feelings don't matter. Just set them aside. You're just gonna die. Do this thing. I like. Yeah. Hell we don't yeah. see. I can't think of that a lot. We see so many movies where you think you're gonna, you're surely gonna die, but at the last second you don't. I mean, obviously right, yeah. that's you're the saved. primary template because we want to be. Ha- we want to well, go home. We hope and be that's happy. what would happen to us. Yeah, that's right. Incidentally, well, no, I won't spoil life because. This isn't the episode. of so the life podcast. That's right. Never yeah. mind. Okay. Back to the thing. Do you guys really <laughs> think that 80% of dust is human skin? Because I'll shoot myself in the head right fucking now. I think what else could it be? I thought it was little particles of rocks <laughs> or just like, you know, sand. Like, air sand. I guess
1: it could be like paint peeling from the wall and stuff. But like we're yeah. the most active paint participant in our them? environments. Fuck. I'm very I think it's a different this. makeup. I, I sure. think it's a different makeup,
2: but oh, uh, I, I'm a dust I mean, expert. I mean, certainly part of it is that they incinerated the crew, right? And that ash has just been circulating.
0: Oh, maybe Cliff Curtis is referring specifically to their situation. That's what it's I'm gonna choose situation. to believe, and not Google. Further. Not Google <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. is the is what I've been brushing on it's my honestly, teeth every day. One of
0: the most horrifying <laughs> moments in the movie to me. Yeah, i, Curtis I legitimately... just says apropos of almost nothing. Eighty percent of dust is human skin. I'm like, oh shit! Like, fuck off! <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Uh, and speaking of how the fact the fact that they do technically foreshadow, uh, surely the hardest has to be when one of them says, "Yeah, right. We can't split up. We'll all get picked off by aliens." <laughs> yeah, very funny yeah, in exactly. retrospect. Yeah, I mean they foreshadow uh, everything. Yeah, which I didn't give them credit for the first time. I felt mm -hmm. so jarred. It actually is like No Country, a movie from the same year as I referenced uh, the first time I watched that in theaters. When it ended, people in the audience audibly went, what? Or like, where's the scene with, (laughs) what the fuck happened? And we left and I said to my dad, like. It was as good, the t- like, the scenes were as engaging as Coen Brothers movies, but I didn't really like that. It seemed like it didn't mean anything at the end. I could not be more wrong, obviously, as you watch it over and over, and I feel like this is not as good as No Country for Old Men, but it is as ballsy in its own way, and I didn't give it credit for that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it's as how ambitious. Cool, how cool is that scene when they're like, okay, we did it, everyone... the Requisite number of people had to die. We can now breathe and make it nineteen hours to our destination. Chris Pine is frozen,
0: which is good. That's good. (laughs) And we're
1: gonna die in nineteen hours. We're gonna all blow up. But you know, we're gonna jumpstart the sun like the core. Um, (laughs) Like so, there's this scene where Killian Murphy is talking to the computer, and it's just like. The computer's like, you're gonna die too soon. You're not gonna be able to complete the mission. <laughs> and he's like, "What the fuck are you fuck? You talking about? We we." What is it? Someone lying? Is like is is Michelle Yo lying? They're like no, that no, she's just wrong. And uh there's and not enough like, oxygen. Why, yeah. Why is there not enough oxygen? We did the math, and he just c- is confounding him, and he's just like, well, it's because there's too many people. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then when it dawns on him, where he's like, there's five crew members. How many and people Michelle are there? There are board. five he's like, people. Where aboard. is the fifth crew yeah. member? And the the
0: right just the behind cold, you. Haunting yeah.
1: indifference of the fifth crew member unknown is in the observation lounge. And it's just like, Oh fuck. I just love like 2001, how it effectively uses the whole dialogue with like an empty
0: machine. Right. And it's, and yeah, the uncaring nature of the universe is functioning against you to fuck you. Like the other, I think moment that rhymes with that is, uh, really effective to me always (laughs) when it very calmly goes like, uh, I should tell you there is a fire in the aeroponics bay cut to <laughs> yeah. whoosh, like the whole yeah. thing, just fucking gone instantaneously, super yeah. close up. And you're like, Oh God, <laughs> how fucked could they be? I love that moment.
1: Yeah. It's pretty good. There's another, there's another scene with Chris Evans where he, he's making a decision of, we should just blast that room with o- oxygen to flash fire, essentially get the burn to stop and everyone's like, "That will kill it all, though." That means it's it's like that will literally kill all of the plants. And he's
0: like, "It's already gone." Yeah, catch and up. It, that's already done. That's uh, it's already <laughs> it's
1: already gone. And that's very reminiscent to me of like Interstellar when he's like, "It's necessary," you know. Like it's just like one of those things where it's just like you're very. Yeah, very keen observation. Uh, mm-hmm. You need to do a thing right now because in space, time is very important and you don't have it because uh, you're going very fast and it's all out of scale. Uh, it's kind of cool. I kind of like those conversations. Uh, very utilitarian, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, Did you guys? So, oh, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to mention something I have written mm-hmm. down. Two things, or two-parter, about scientists in this movie. First off, uh, the physics advisor that they brought onto the film is a a Scottish guy, I think. Uh, His name's Brian Cox. He was, if you follow (laughs) our work... uh, Not that Brian Cox. Not the Brian Cox who's in succession. The physicist Brian Cox from the UK, uh, where uh, he was the guy that we used as the... Uh, basics for marvels of the science. Cody Johnson and I cracked when we made that show. Yeah, Professor Scott, Bug. Professor Scott Bugs, is essentially an imitation, <laughs> and he is the he's who he was based on, and he was the uh, technician for this event. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cody watched that, you know, a bunch of his show. And was like, I'm playing with like, this yeah. character of what if Brian Cox just said untrue things? Yeah. Also our own pod, Bewilderments and Scientifics, if you like yeah. that character, check that out. you
1: like that character and stuff like that. Anyway, that's he was on who I film. brought that's to Cody, Cody when yeah. I was like, you should do this voice. Yeah. Uh, scientists in general, though, looking at this movie, criticized the movie like in a very Neil deGrasse Tyson way, if you know who he is. He was the guy who was like, ah, I and titanic the stars are wrong um and scientists of this movie were saying shit like you need a billion bombs, and the artificial gravity at the end is like so wrong. And and they called Danny Boyle one one scientist called Danny Boyle a boy with a calculator, which I'm just like. What? I, I mean, don't there's it's a movie scientists like, you obviously. Need a time out.
0: <laughs> obviously, it wouldn't really work. You, yeah, like you can't shoot a bomb. Yeah, obviously, movie, it's nonsense. I hate. Not that. only that, I the movie
1: know. is like a love note to right. scientific thought in a way that we've never really had. And yes it has inconsistencies But in order to They're just there to get the audiences to get in that Insane intense mindset And if you don't see that my only thing is you're a, you're you're a fucking nerd. What if so. you
0: could stand right at the edge of the sun? You can't though. Okay, did you hear the first two words of the sentence that I said? Yeah. Yeah. What if you yeah. could? Yeah.
1: This is a fucking make-up. This is a make-up. It's because it's so close. That's that's when you know you got a good. Which I when have I to say in our defense, of piss course, piss off
0: scientists. This complaint gets lobbed at cracked because that was what we did to stuff, but. Only when it's entertaining to think through. Like Jason Voorhees having to ride a bike or drive a exactly, car. Yeah. Not when it makes the movie like less fun. That's not how you I use that power. Much uh, like the sun, it must be used correctly.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people misunderstood that about what we, a lot of what we did at Crack's
0: words. That's right. Most they thought it was just from... teardowns. It's like, no, it's funny teardowns. No, it's, that's it's, the it's, point. It's, a, it's a further
2: <laughs> celebration of movies that we obsess at. Like, we love these mm-hmm. movies now for the most part
0: yeah
1: i think with movies like this they and like titanic and such uh when it is done when you actually try and you get most of it right like you get 75 percent of it right or whatever it bring all out of the woodwork comes all the nerds who are like ah it's I close it to perfect. the perfect right and then they wouldn't have said that shit if it was fucking fantastic Four or some if they don't hear it at all they just wouldn't
0: watch it right
1: right yeah because so When it comes down to it, I think that, like, if you make a movie that is trying to be scientifically minded and tries some stuff and, like, has, like, hyperspace or some shit and everyone agrees it's kind of magic or whatnot, but you do most of it right and they just have some, you know, gripes about, like, the fucking you know gravity being wrong or some shit or where's artificial gravity in this movie there's no there's no spire that spins like 2001 and there's no like how do you solve that well they didn't have a line about it you motherfucker get the point is i think you're doing a great job if you get those idiots to come out and complain because it means that you're close enough to the real thing that most audiences will be like damn that felt real Mm mm-hmm that's my thought on it, though. Who knows? Someone will probably be
0: like, uh, but technically you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Another thing I noticed this time... Uh, well, we mentioned the gold spacesuits. I did want to say those are super cool. The design of anything that you that protects you from the sun, like the giant reflective for now lens, the golden space, the toll welding torch space helmets, all very cool. We just haven't mentioned the visuals and they are good. But that's not what I wanted to say. I want to say... I hate naming characters whenever I write stuff. Um, do you think the names are anything in this, or or I think too so? because I, Mace is the most abrasive. Corazon is pretty abrasive. Cyril is surly. Corazon leads with her heart. Sir, Cyril,
2: Cyril. also. Cyril also feels like a sort of an anagram of sealed and seared, which is kind of what ah, happens to which him. Which is
0: what happens. He gets sealed and seared. Keeps uh, those juices right in there. Uh, yeah. Also think- Papa, of course carries water and a depression in his head. <laughs> that joke's <laughs> just for me, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's
1: just for me. Um fuck. Pinbacker is a reference
0: to something I, I, They say that enough I think that I'm from, like What does that name mean? It's gotta mean something I think
1: Pinback, which I believe As you re- reference the San Diego uh, Musician uh, Or San Diego band, band They're probably referencing um, the same thing Pinback huh? is referencing and Pinbacker I think is a reference To Carpenter's Dark Star Where uh, there was this Character Sergeant Pinback um, I think that's it
0: that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds Thank you right. for doing the research on the interviews and inspirations.
1: Oh yeah. I love this movie. This is one of my low key like obsessive movies just because it's, there's so much going on in it that I like. Um, one of the things that I fucking love because you, Michael knows my absolute nerd out at first images. Um, the first shot, it seems like a distant shot of the sun. Like, but it's actually the reflector dish of the ship. And when we rotate around it, you can see the makeup of the ship. It's, yeah. It feels like star Wars. It's like it's everything showing need you is in the
0: shot. It's proving to you the system, oh. which is you can't look at the sun directly. The camera exactly. can't even look at the sun directly. We're not going to look at the sun in this movie. Right. We're just going to look the at end. the ship. That's right. crazy. Yep. Yeah, and of course, halfway through the rotation, it briefly looks like an eyeball. And so, yeah, it does a lot of work. Chef's kiss, baby. Mm.
1: Chef's kiss. Mm. (laughs) I love that shit. Yeah. It's pretty
0: dope. The surface of the sun (laughs)
2: looks pretty crazy, too.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how about the music? John Murphy did the uh, score to also did the score to 28 Days Later, which has a banger that that opening sequence. Uh, Fucking fine. This movie is like a perfect mix of haunting Score, but also like score that I would put on if I'm like I want to meditate right now. Sure, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that it's that a really a it's touch. a really
2: cool score, and not it's not as yeah, like you said, it's not it's it's a little haunting, but it's not as thriller or like horror tinged as you might expect. Um, yeah, it's much more grand. It, it's it's it it, it feels yes. much more aligned with like the themes of the movie rather than like the dark craziness of the third act or something.
1: Right. And it's definitely of that time when we're all crazy for like Explosions of Sky and Seagaros and Godspeed You Black Emperor and these are things that were we all (laughs) Yeah, I think movies. I mean yeah.
0: Okay. I think it was in a lot of movies. Oh, you're you're hard against I'm not hard against I just found all the (laughs) diffuse stuff too diffuse. I'm like uh, i get it i feel poignant <laughs> that's enough of that explosions I get it. in the sky I feel you poignant. discovered the chords that come at the end of touching episodes what I do you, just, what music do you want I don't hey <laughs> i like tons of music <laughs> this is a different discussion
1: yeah it is. i like gregorian chant and uh, barbershop yeah.
0: quartet you know this simultaneous yes i'm yeah they weave in and out between they weave. each other it's beautiful Oy. yeah
1: Oh uh, yeah, 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 But yeah, I think uh, meticulously well done movie. Stack cast, great crew. In terms of like what they accomplished, some people don't act, like Act Three. It seems like the three of us are kind of cool with it. I soften yeah. on it.
0: It's I like I couldn't. Well, I can't think of because so I'm not saying I could write, but maybe there's such a thing as an even more satisfying, you know, version of the third act. Um, it's not like my favorite third act ever, but I've mm-hmm. totally accepted that it's legitimate and it's it's a fine that they did that move. That is mm-hmm. acceptable to
1: me. <laughs> it is uh, yeah. not. It didn't. It, I make thought it broke the movie, like it and did. it doesn't. It's yeah. good.
0: It's still a very good movie. Uh, yeah. I do think Annihilation, in some ways, is almost. Expressing, you know, there's theme overlap there, where he's like, I'm gonna really crush that or take another swing at that weird sci-fi life is death is life vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to some extent, the beach. Yeah,
1: for real. I think that's what
0: I did not see the beach. Is that wait? Likes that's That's DiCaprio and Madonna. Mm -hmm. Wait, there's sci-fi in that.
1: Yeah, dude. What do you think? What happens to? I thought it was
0: like a. Wasn't that made as a wedding present? I mean, I don't know about what. Yeah, that I don't know is. about that. Yeah. Point is, I didn't see it. But it was. It's Tilda Swinton. What happened? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. What's the magic? Does it make the them ma- young? The,
1: it's like the yeah, it kind of yeah. It's a per, it's utopia. It's the young. idea of it's the it's the uh, idea of going into Eden and finding Eden and get and Eden gets destroyed, uh, but it's like. Magical realism, you'd like it. I don't know. Oh, uh, great! Yeah, sounds perfect there. And they and Leo ruins it. He sure does. What Leo does. Yeah.
0: Wait, the movie or the beach? No, His no he, he ruins the beach. the beach. Right, 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 right. You
1: yeah, can't, he ruins yeah. the experience of you know.
0: It's like a. It's it kind of like it's a garden of Eden it's like allegory. A, yeah, <laughs> it's an
1: allegory. It's kind of like kind of got that morality play thing going, like Lord of the Flies. You know, like it's just like. The, the politics of human, uh, it can't help, they can't help themselves but ruin things.
0: Sure. Um, sure. Well, that's sure. the fifth movie unrelated to the topic that we've synopsized. And I do that's think there's some good wrecks in there, but it also means that w- we could wrap up, right? Sure. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think so.
1: I think so. Any final thoughts from Tom? Anybody?
0: No, Anybody. I think this
2: movie is a. Uh... Yeah, I I I said everything I wanted to say about this movie. Think it's pretty good. I'm. I we we were we were talking about the theme a minute ago. I know the theme gets used in so much, and I can't figure this out for sure. My brain is telling me that it's the theme in the Nicole Kidman AMC ad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. It might be. I don't know if it's that accurate, but like it feels. they really do use it in like so many other movies, mm. commercials, trailers. It gets used constantly. So, it was yeah. it was jarring coming back to this movie and hearing that theme and being like, "Oh, this is where
1: that comes from." Right? It's that poignant mm. shit that Swam hates. Yeah. Uh, Life
0: has become death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for All listening, right. listener. It's okay that you can't reply cuz I know everything you want to say. Remember, yeah, you'll know we've we succeeded agree. eight minutes after we deliver the podcast. So if you wake up one morning and it's a beautiful day, you'll know we made the podcast. <laughs> we'll see you in a couple years. That's right. No more podcasts <laughs> for a couple years, fuckers. Enjoy Cookers. this one.
1: <laughs>
0: nah, thanks a yeah. Very Baked Potato for the topic. Good topic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yep uh you can i mean we're gonna have a thing that says it but patreon.com smallbeans small beans if you don't listen till the end uh where well, let's do some plugs for the thomas mm-hmm. thomas speak oh. for a little bit about yourself sure
2: uh well you can find me and and my buddy dave david bell over at gamefully unemployed we're sort of the sister network to uh small beans if you if you listen to small beans you're a small beans patron you probably already know about us uh but you can head over head on over to gamefully unemployed Com to check out Our a link to our teespring store And you can also check out our patreon at patreon.com Slash Um Yeah I think that's probably it yep.
0: Huge Huge news for me I did not know you guys Had a proprietary site is that new Or have I just not known this
2: Oh it's just a little there's nothing there But like a link to our teespring store
0: It's Great, nothing, It's like nothing stuff. at all <laughs> I'm looking at it now it says, "Yeah, fucking no web page here. Click this." <laughs> Great, good job, Dave. I assume it's a real, it's a real Dave. It's a very move, Dave, Dave page. Yeah, Dave <laughs> move. it's got Shiva uh. there. Hell yeah, it does. Uh, <sighs> I right. try
1: when I can to uh, say what the slate is going to yeah. be for the people who are Patreon. So if you're listening to this, uh, the day it comes out on Patreon, it's Friday the 7th of the July of 2023. Uh, what we got happening next week is a big Gamefully Unemployed slash uh, Small Beans week where we have Star Trek The Next Futurama on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, we got Ready Player One first spiel boys featuring these two guys um so that's so that's yeah nothing if you're uh if you're just listening to this free but if you're you know on the patreon you get both of those episodes which is kind of dope
0: and just to tip a little more the star trek the next futurama we are on is a pharaoh to remember the one where bender is a pharaoh we- very good yeah. episode. Very good yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, we got man. more director piece theaters in
1: store, more frame frame rates like this one, and some I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Bonus episodes. Keep the hits keep coming here at Small Beans, and we want to thank you for listening. Thanks again, Very Baked Potato. You can be like Very Baked Potato right now. Go to Patreon.com/slash Small Bean. Pick the flick tier
0: Pick the flick. Pick the flick. Goodbye for several right. years. Goodbye for several years.